Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go over to Matthew 28, 19 and 20. If you could put it up in the King James Version, please. Maybe I'm old school, but sometimes I like the King James. Yeah, Matthew 28, 19. You haven't heard the scripture recently. (laughs) So, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then verse 20. teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So I think one thing we can all agree on, if we ever meet anybody that's named Ye, we'll have to remind them that they need to, they need to get going. What are they doing standing around? Come on. So if you'll notice in this verse, we've got that we are to make disciples and that we're supposed to teach. So twice in this commission, Jesus talks about teaching, and uh, training would be what we would say in, in the discipleship. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, just so thankful for this opportunity to rejoice and celebrate the, the risen Christ. Thank you for this opportunity to teach. Help me to flow in the the gifts of the Spirit that you've given into me. Help the hearers to receive the, the word and the intent of the heart. We just thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to draw on me, kind of like those, uh, I don't know if you remember the, in the 70s they had the Superman competitions, and maybe they still do, but they would you know, roll big tires and lift weights. And One of them was a tug-of-war, and they would tie it on to some in, in almost immovable object, like 500 pounds, and then they'd see who could drag it the furthest. That's what I want. I want you to pull it out of me, like tug of war. So, you know, we had, uh, recently we had Leanne here speaking, and how many of you were able to attend at least one of the meetings? All of the meetings. Uh, they were good. They were, they were very good. And... Sunday afternoon after church, we're going home. It's at that point where, you know, I've worked all the services and I'm, I'm tired, but it's a good tired. You know, you, you feel somehow satisfied and full, but maybe even overwhelmed. I did remember to turn off my phone, so I'm going to set it there. Uh, it has a timer on it, so I don't go too long. <laughs> And I was thinking, you know, what, what was God trying to say to me? Or what, what, did, what was the, the overall contents of the, of the meetings that we had here with Leanne and Jerry? And I heard the phrase groundbreaking. And I just kind of sat there. And as I thought about it, I thought, like, in breaking ground for a new building? Or, you know, what, what does this have to, you know, what, where, where is this going? And I've got another bulldozer example for you. (laughs) 
So when Debbie and I uh, moved to Arizona, one of the jobs that I was uh, commissioned with doing was that it was 150 acres, which is a half mile by a half mile, that they wanted to plant pistachio trees on. And so we contacted a firm in Phoenix and they designed a drip system. A drip system is basically plastic tubes that run on the surface of the ground and have a dripper or an emitter at each spot where you want to put water down. And so we got the plans and the purchase was made for all the supplies and hired an excavating company and they came out and they started digging the trench that would go across the field to carry the, the main line and we got the worst news possible. They hit hard pan. Now, how many of you know what hard pan is? A little bit. I looked it up in the, in the dictionary, because I know what it is, but how do I explain it to, you know, correctly? And it says that it's a layer of soil, usually under the topsoil, that is almost impervable, impervable to water and roots. So kind of think of a clay, hard, baked, with uh, ground that doesn't allow anything through it. And we hit that at about four feet, three to four feet, depending on where in the field. So pistachio trees have what they call a, a taproot. Uh, a taproot would best be a, explained or thought of as like a carrot. Uh, you know, 90% of it is the orange part going down. If you pull carrots up, every once in a while you'll see a few feeler roots that go out, and, but the main root goes down. So now we're going to have, we're going to try and plant uh, trees that need to have the ability to go straight down in something that caps out at three to four feet. It's not going to work. So we've, we found out there's some orchards in, that have been established for 70 years, 50 years, 70 years. Some of those tap roots go down 50 to 90 feet. So they go down a long way. So three feet's not gonna cut it. Um, so what's gonna happen if we just plant the trees as is? They may grow for two or three years and that root is gonna go sideways and it's not gonna be where, we're, where we want it to. So when we irrigate with the drip and the fertilizer, it's not gonna go on the, the root correctly. The trees are just gonna be unhealthy. That's the only way you can look at it. So the excavating company that we had hired brought in two of the biggest caterpillars at the time, I think it was a D8 or a D9, and chained them to each other and then took an I-beam that was eight feet long, hard-coated it, which is a welding process where you lay beads on it that wear very hard, and drove it into the ground and then pulled it right where we were going to, every row where we were going to plant the trees. And so that ground was broken up through the hard pan. In fact, it was kind of like a, a slide. When they were going, you could see the dirt coming up and you know, you got nice topsoil on the top and now you're bringing up all this stuff that's at the bottom, but you're, but you're breaking a, a furrow, you're making a, a pathway. And we came back after they were done and we disked it both directions. So the average person coming along looking at this field would not know anything different had happened to it. It wouldn't be obvious that you know, the, the ground had been broken that far down so that we could plant trees. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, 
God, how does this tie in with what, what you know, Leanne was talking about? I think some things happened here uh, on the meetings through corporate prayer and through our pastors hooking up with, with Leanne and, and breaking some ground and going deep and making some things for along the way. We may not see or even know, but in three, five years, some of those things are, uh, are already established and, and it can be a healthy growth because that prep work has been done correctly. Uh, some of the things that stood out to me is, is we heard a lot of the same things uh, Leanne was talking about, was hearing the same thing on Saturday night at about an hour and a half into the video. If you haven't watched uh, them, I recommend watching them again. She talked about finding out what your pastor has listened to. So I've already requested all the books and all the sermons he's listened to for the last three years, <laughs> which he <laughs> promptly avoided. But, <laughs> but being on the same, same page, hearing the same thing, because faith comes from hearing. And there's a lot of good ministries out there. there uh, but each ministry has a little bit different direction, and they have a little bit different call. And we need to stay hooked up uh, with Pastor Sean and Pastor Mike and be going in the same direction with the same goal. There's lots of different ways to irrigate crops, but once you make a decision to go one direction, you need to stay with it. Uh, the other thing that I heard Leanne talk about was uh, rank and respect. And I remember in January, I gave the story of a, a family that got together for Thanksgiving, and they all shared the same food, and they all had the, you know, all were loved by, the, you know, the family. But when the emergency call came through, one was a general, one was a lieutenant, one was a sergeant, one was a private. They all had different ranks. They all had different assignments. That doesn't mean they were loved differently. They just had different things they were supposed to do. And they respected one another. Let's go over to Matthew 6.33. You know, and our goal in all of this should be what we're going to read here. And, and you can do this in New King James or whatever you'd like. Matthew, Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. And if you're wondering what all the things are, you can read up above here, and he's talking about how the Gentiles have care about food and, and provisions and, you know, faster chariots and, you know, whatever their, whatever their culture is, all the natural things. And I remember Leanne talking about we need to be about our, the kingdom business. We need to be about going out and making disciples, and we need to be teaching people. Uh, this church, if you read the foundational uh, scriptures, is all about teaching people to live in Christ so that they have a better life, so that it's not just you know, head knowledge, but actually experiencing the love of Christ and experiencing family, uh, the Christian family atmosphere. So we need to be putting his kingdom first and his righteousness. We need to be thinking about what his kingdom is and his righteousness. 
His kingdom is established in us. And we are the righteous of Christ if we've made him Lord and Savior. Let's look at 1 Peter 3. First Peter 3.15 But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. We should have a logical idea or reasoning of why we believe what we believe. That's part of the teaching is, you know, you probably all had, or I, I did, I imagine most of you had teachers that wanted you to work the problem out so they could see how you arrived to it and not just coming up with the answer. And that's important in Christianity that we understand not only what we believe, but why do we believe it? What, what what grounds do we have? And to be able to give someone a reasonable uh, explanation. Uh, I had someone ask me, and it kind of caught me off guard. I, I was uh, not expecting this. It wasn't one of those times I was, you know, hey, I'm going to go talk to somebody about Christ. But they, out of kind of out of the blue, asked me, so you believe in three gods, a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit, but they're all one God? <laughs> like, Yes, I do, you know, plead guilty. Uh, and, and I'm looking at him like, you want me to explain the Trinity to you, um, you know, in two words or less, basically. And the Holy Spirit kind of showed me, you know, I, I said, you look at, at this world, the natural world, and you see order and you see, you know, um, logic in science and in mathematics but you worship the creator, the creation and not the creator. You can look at H2O. You can have H2O in frozen, in liquid, and in gas. And you call it all H2O. And yet it's in three different forms. And I, I said, quit looking at the, you know, at the, to tr quit trying to find God in the natural realm. Um, how many of you drove a Ford today? One, yeah. All right, maybe four or five of you. <laughs> Nothing against four. I just did. Any of you see Henry inside the vehicle anywhere? Has your mechanic ever called you and said, "Hey, I was working on your car, and I found part of Henry in here"? We're, we're sometimes people will look for God in the natural and not understand that, the, that He is lives and dwells in the the supernatural in another realm. Uh, you know, I have an Apple phone here. I've never opened it up looking for Steve Jobs. I don't expect to find him in there. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes people are going to ask us things. Um, and it could be things like, why does God allow evil? You know, and you, wow, that's a, that's a hard one or a heavy subject anyhow. Well, if you listen to, and there's really good um, avenues to, to look on, on YouTube and listen to a lot of good teaching there. 
really, if you do away with free, um, if you do away with, with evil or, or do away with, um, if God protected everybody all the time, there would be no free will. And God warned us ahead of time that he told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this. It wasn't his will in the first place, yet he gets the blame for it. You know, um, maybe you've been witnessing to somebody in the, and talking with them and they'll say, well, it wasn't my fault. I wasn't around when Adam and Eve, you know, sinned and, and I shouldn't be held responsible for this. I didn't do anything. Well, God's offering you a, a pathway to go and you weren't there when Christ was crucified and you didn't do anything and you don't have to do anything to, to change camps and kingdoms except receive it. And so we need to have a logical uh, answer. Uh, and there's going to be some people that are just going to want to argue and they're going to want to, uh, you know, they want to prove their point. But we need to be able to know why we believe what we believe. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks uh, you to give an account. Make Jesus the Lord of your heart. Become a follower of him. If you, if you find yourself, uh, you know, Leanne talked about, she spends, I think she said, listens to th two or three sermons a day. If you find yourself kind of coming up dry, maybe uh, what are you focusing on? What are you listening to? And what are you spending time on? Let's go over to 2 Timothy 4. We're going to start in verse 2. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Verse 4, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss, verse 5, but you, being sober in all things, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So this was written to Timothy, but we can take it as individual believers. We don't have to stand in the office of a, a prophet or an evangelist, but we need to preach the word. Uh, when you look up this word, it, it means, uh, and we've all seen the, the, the movies, you know, it's usually done in the uh, knights and kings and queen era where the trumpeters come out with those really long trumpets and they blow the horn and, and the guy gets up, hear ye, hear ye, you know. And what he's going to say isn't his words. What he's going to now declare is Prince Henry Eighteenth is going to raise our taxes. And he got stoned. So <laughs> they found another heralder. <laughs> but that's the word, is to herald a public crier who goes out and he cries out and he tells the people the message he's been given to speak. Not his own words, not his own feelings or thoughts, but what he's been given. We've been given a message. We've been given a message that, you know, Pastor Sean, I believe, said the bridge is out. We need to tell people that they're on a road to destruction if they don't know Christ. 
So we don't add to or subtract from it, and we need to be bold and grab attention. So the heralders, and if you, you know, want this as your job, you had to probably be interviewed, and you had to be able to grab people's attention. If you didn't have, you know, I'm sure the, the, a voice that carried back in those days, they didn't have a lot of PA systems, you might be passed on to do another job. Um, so it was be bold, grab attention. You know, we, we have the greatest hope in all the world, and sometimes we're very timid about it because, you know, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to? Th- if I live my life as a Christian, you know, what are what are they? What are they? Uh, when I first worked construction, uh, I had a coworker. The first time I said, "Well, you know what they say," he stopped me and says, "I don't even know who they are." <laughs> you know, and and so it's so many times it's so true. We're afraid of what somebody is going to say. <laughs> about what we're thinking or what we're doing or what we're saying. And we need to give as much respect to what God wants us to say and what he's told us is important. We don't, as disciples, have the right to pick and choose what we want to believe. Now, this is kind of really goes against a lot of current church. When I say church, overall, uh, people that, that say they follow Christ, uh, we like to... Pick and choose what we want to hear and what we want to believe. Um, why, why do people leave one church and go to another? Sometimes it's because the pastor's preaching and they need to listen to it and they need to change their lives, but they don't want to. So go find someplace else where maybe they're not preaching that. Um, so anyhow, God's word is enough. It can change a man's heart. We don't need to conjure up uh, fancy stories or, you know, there are different ways of presenting the gospel, but we can just allow the Word of God to to work on people's hearts. There's sometimes we will uh, plant a seed and we may never know if that person accepts Christ or not. Uh, At that same orchard, uh, I was running a manual backhoe if you don't know what that is, it's a shovel. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we, had a, we had a water leak, and uh, I had a co-worker with me, and so we had to dig a hole big enough to go down four feet, patch the pipe, and cover it back up. And it was pretty much an all-day deal. So I pulled the pickup right up to where we were going to be digging, and I turned on the Christian radio. I think I had a cassette player in the, in the truck. So I'm listening to Christian rock, and the co-worker... After a while, he says, what are we listening to? And I said, well, you're listening to Christian rock. And I told him the band. I don't know if it was Petra or who it was. But he said, well, why do you, why do you listen to Christian music? And I said, well, I find it encouraging. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. He, he goes, why do you Christians believe that, that Christ is going to come back? And I said, well, the Bible tells us that he's going to. And, yeah, but he came the first time they killed him. You know, he'll come back. He'll, when he comes back, they'll, they'll kill him again, you know. And, and the world has some misconceptions about Christianity. And so I explained to him that it wasn't that Jesus was trapped. He set a trap for the devil, and he gave up his life. And by being killed as, or, yeah, being killed as an innocent man, the devil violated spiritual laws and gave up the right for the kingdom that Adam had given him. And so... Whether or not he ever accepted the gospel, I don't know. I, 
wanted, you know, there was like, like almost like a yearning inside of me to, what else can I say? What else can I, you know, I'm kind of explaining the gospel to him. And, and I asked him if he, want, if he wanted to ask Jesus, you know, to, to come and, and live with him and be part of his life. And he said, no, I, I might sometime, you know, just real flippant, casual. I might sometime. It's not important to me right now. But that seed was planted. And at least he knows that part of what he's thinking is wrong. Uh, we see that out in the world. So the word is enough if we can just allow it to get into, pe into people, into their hearts. Uh, then we come in here, and it says to be in season and out of season. So proclaim when we feel like it and when we don't. We may have opportune, opportune times that we can preach the gospel, and then we may have inopportune times. And I, I shared the one, you know, kind of being caught off guard. That you believe in the Trinity? Explain that to me, please. <laughs> you know? And that was kind of inopportune. I wasn't expecting it. But there was times when on Monday nights I used to go into the Yellowstone County uh, detention center and we did a bible study and i was prepared for it and it was a, a good opportunity to spread the gospel we went uh, usually we went through a, a book uh, in the bible we just went through one chapter in the evening and the guys that came wanted to be there they knew this is what we were doing they wanted to come so it was a good opportunity so we can have planned opportunities to spread the gospel but we should also be aware and ready for those times when you know we're kind of caught not expecting that this is how it's going to go we should expect the unexpected how's that <laughs> we should never limit god's word to how we feel andrew womack uh, i'm quoting uh, said we should faithfully sow the seed and give others the chance to accept or reject God's word on his own. In other words, that heralder stands up and the trumpet blows and he declares there's going to be a, a ball and, and they're going to have a big celebration. The prince is getting married and the king's inviting everybody. The people who hear that have the opportunity to say, I'm going to go or I'm going to do something else. It's their opportunity. It's their, uh, their right to pick and choose. Uh, God's word is like a seed. It can't grow if it's never sown. So if we never share the hope that's inside of us, we never share with other people that they, their life can be different, um, they won't have an opportunity to have that take place in their life. If we don't tell them, we're rejecting the word of God for them. So sometimes I've, I've been guilty of that. Um, you know, there's something I should say, say to somebody, but I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I don't, for the rejection or the, what are they going to think of me? Or is this really God? Or, you know, I mean, there's lots of ways. But we need to get to the point where we're a little bit less concerned about ourselves. Uh, I was at an Easter egg hunt yesterday at the Harley-Davidson dealership with my uh, grandkids. They were doing the Easter egg hunting. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have one for my category, sorry. <laughs> and uh, there were, the, the event was put on by different motorcycle groups. So there was a, a motorcycle group that was uh, 
Black Sheep for Christ, and they have a ministry. And then there was another group that was doing something else, and, and I found myself talking to the one gentleman who was from this something else group. And I said, are you guys a Christian organization? Uh, well, some of our members are Christian, but it's not a Christian organization per se. And I said, well, what about you? Are, are you a Christian? Do you, know, do you know Jesus? Well, I believe there is a God. Um, and I was baptized in a Baptist church. I'm like, well, odds are going up here. He's heard the gospel, you know. <laughs> I asked him the second time, but what about you? Are you, you know, have you ever made Jesus Lord and, and Savior? And he again deflected it. Well, I, I'm the, 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 my wife that I have now, uh, she's actually a cousin to the pastor that baptized me. <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's, let's, get, let's get to it. Third time do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? And he, he wouldn't answer me and change the subject a third time. I gave him opportunity. I, you know, we can't make people do what we think they should do. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm just going to believe that he will receive from that and, and somebody else will water and, and the harvest will come from it. But I gave him the opportunity and I, uh, you know, I didn't make the decision that, you know, this isn't the place to do it because we got all these people around here and all this chaos. So, so plant the seed. Share, share what's in your heart, especially if you feel God, you know, you go, to go through the drive-in and have an oppor opportunity to talk to the, uh, the person that's taking your order or whatever it is. Uh, share the gospel. In verse 2, we, next we see reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Reprove is to call somebody on account, to demand an explanation. You've, I don't know if you've had this happen, but somebody call you and say, what do you mean by doing this? And then they explain to you what they feel that you have done that may be incorrect. We need to, to call to account uh, people who maybe are in error, maybe they're uh, representing the Christian life but not walking it 100%, and we can help them. Uh, rebuke is admonish and forbid. It's a little bit stronger. And exhort, to urge by strong argument, advise and appeal. Appeal to them to return to the right way. So I was thinking about, you know, what's an example I can give you for this? And it doesn't have bulldozers in it this time. Uh, <laughs> I was attending a, a church, and we were on a men's camp out. And it wasn't a faith church because we were in tents sleeping on the ground and not in RVs. <laughs> and one of the gentlemen there, he was, he was a seasoned Christian, and him and I had had conversation privately before about soul sleep. And if you don't know what soul sleep is, the Adventists believed in it, and it was really that when you die, and it should be, probably be better called spirit sleep. When you die, your spirit goes into the grave with your body, and there you are in a deep unknowingness until the trumpet blows, and then you're taken into heaven. And we had had discussion on this, and, and I actually thought that he had maybe even changed his mind, but here we are, I'm at a picnic table, and there's a campfire kind of over here, and there's a lot of baby Christians at this uh, camp out, uh, probably five or six sitting around, and he starts talking about soul sleep. 
And, you know, something came over me, i got to believe it was the Spirit of God, and I called him out, I called him by name, and I said, I said, we got a problem with this, it's not scriptural. And he, you know, and I've got everybody's attention now. And <laughs> I said, John said in Revelation that the martyrs are in front of the throne of God pleading with God for justice for the people for that, you know, bring justice upon the people who murdered me and who did this to me. And so they're aware of what's going on. And then Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, we got two good witnesses now. And then I said, and, and Jesus said, you know, now if he got it wrong, you know, then John and Paul don't, don't stand up to it. But he, he said there was a rich man, a particular rich man. This isn't a parable. This was a, a real-life story. There was a rich man who had a servant, Lazarus, who was poor and begged at his feet. And when they both died, the rich man was in hell, Hades, and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And, you know, the rich man's crying out for water, send Lazarus over, and, and there's a whole conversation going on. And I said, I said you know, you're, you're, you're unscriptural, and I, I wouldn't put up with it. And he changed subject. And, you know, I didn't want to do that. But the last thing I want is um, baby Christians to get bad information, to be... To, to get, you know, off on the wrong path. You know, whether they would eventually find out that that's not scriptural or not, not on my watch. We're not doing that. We're not playing that game. Um, you know, if we're going to talk about the things of God and, and we're going we're gonna to be as scriptural as we can. You know, Keith Moore says nobody's 100%, but uh, we're all striving. And go with those whose hearts are right, whose hearts are towards God and they, and they love God. But we should do that with great patience and careful instruction. So we shouldn't just, you know, some people believe there's a, a ministry of uh, rebuke and, and reprove. And they go around looking for who they can straighten out in their, in their words. So. so the next verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 3, time will come. Uh, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. So they're gonna find people that teach what they wanna hear. So time will come. This could be as a whole generation, which we're starting to see or are seeing, uh, a large group of people that aren't sticking to sound reason. I've always said that common sense is very uncommon, and it's unfortunate. Uh, or it could be a, in a person's life. During a person's life, there are times and opportunities when they're more open to the gospel uh, than others. So we don't know which this is. It could be both. Uh, but the time will come. The window of opportunity uh, may leave, and we need to take advantage of a person's openness to Christ. I learned a very important uh, lesson when I was in Ethiopia. We'd been traveling all day and in the evening checked into a Western hotel, uh, which accommodates you know, travelers. And after you know getting into the room, I went over to the shower and I turned on the hot water, nice hot water, all good. 
I thought, yeah, maybe I should take a shower. And I thought, no, a shower would really feel good in the morning. I'll take one first thing in the morning. Well, in the morning, we didn't have hot water. We had no water at all. So there was my missed opportunity. So sometimes in a person's life, we need to be aware of, we may never see this person again as, you know, uh, the person that Pastor Sean shared with at the drive-in may get promoted to a different restaurant. He may never uh, cross her path, her or him path again. So we don't know that we have another opportunity. We need to be ready to give a logical uh, and compassionate advance to the gospel when the opportunity presents itself and not think to ourselves, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait, I'll have a, a better chance later. You may not have any hot water at all. So uh, don't let that go. Sound doctrine is the uncorruptible word of God. I was studying and, and thinking, and uh, this was a number of months ago, but I was in, in our house, so it's bedroom three, which is at the end of the hallway. It's kind of secluded. Um, it's a great place for the baby to take a nap. It's a great place for Grandpa to go in and, and uh, meditate sometimes. And I was in there, and we have a kind of a, a rocker slider, and I was sitting in there, and, and, and I was just praying to God, I don't want to teach error. I don't want to me personally fall into deception again coming out of a, a Christian group that uh, isn't scriptural. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. And it, it kind of became almost like a, an urging inside of me of I don't want to teach something that's incorrect. And as I got up to leave, uh, I heard the Spirit of God say, put the truth in. How, how can I keep from getting an error? Put the truth in. And you'll know the truth when it fits in. The, you don't have to shoehorn it. You know, you take a verse and you twist it and you shoehorn it into a particular belief. Yeah, you're probably not interpreting that scripture correctly when you can go through the bible and the bible interprets itself quite well and you don't have to wrangle a verse to to come up with the same meaning that you thought it meant uh, then you're probably on the on on truth itching ears um, to scratch to tickle to itch the living bible says that People won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who tell them just what they want to hear. Tell me I'm okay. I don't want to change. Don't tell me I need to change. Andrew Womack says, keeping a pure heart before God is the only safeguard against itching ears. Keeping it you know, I, God, if I'm in error, show me. If I'm doing something wrong, show me. If I'm not living my life like you want me to, show me. One of the magazines, uh, I don't know if it was 2020 or Dateline, went to a supermarket and they took a grocery cart and they went down the aisle and anything that said new or new and improved, they put into the cart. And then they bought it and they took it back to their offices and they called every one of these manufacturers and they said, what's different about your product? Why did you put new on it? And they found that one, uh, one place said, well, we redid the label. It's much easier to read and understand now than it was before. Okay, that, thank you very much, but maybe that doesn't carry over the real meaning. Uh, another one said that they had actually taken their secret recipe, and they're you know, entitled to that, what makes 
Dr. Pepper tastes like Dr. Pepper. That's a, a secret. So they had taken that and they had reshuffled some things in there. And they wouldn't tell them what, but they said, yes, we actually changed some of the ingredients and we you know, changed the, the, the process of how we're making it to, to make it a better tasting product. Most of the others, um, it was because they know people buy new and improved. And we're a society that wants new and improved. And if there's a new gospel and it's more improved, it's got to be better than the old one that grandma and grandpa used to believe in. You know? And that does, it doesn't hold up. So we need to be aware of that. Verse 4 also talks about fables, myths, and man-made fictions. Um, you can hear a lot of different arguments, a lot of different uh, stories and, and, you know, on dealing with Christianity. Um, one of the apologetics teachers, and apologetics is the defense of the gospel, and he came up with a chart of 12 different things that could have happened to Christ on the cross. You know, number one was the gospel is correct. He died. He was risen again. Number two, he had a twin. They hid him from his birth. Um, and then when Jesus died, Jesus A died. Then they brought Jesus B, and he finished out. Anyhow, there are all these different theories, right? He came up with 12 of them. Other than the first one, that he actually was raised by the supernatural power of God. The one that made the next most sense was that aliens were flying by, saw a man suffering on the cross and beamed him up. And then three days later brought him back and deposited him in front of a tomb. Okay, you can spend a lot of time on, on and, and there's a lot of different beliefs, but we need to be able to give a reasonable, logical explanation of the gospel to people and not be carried away by myths and fables and stories that just wind up taking a whole lot of time and, and tying up nothing, you know, I mean, just tying up our, our intelligence and our thoughts on something that doesn't go anywhere. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.